is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. And we're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on the always free Odyssey app. Nationwide, of course, on the BetQL always Network, free, guys. Every day. Always free, no matter what. It never changes. We got a loaded NBA slate tonight. How about that Wizards-Pels game? Who's ready for it? Woo! No Zion. No Zion. I know. I thought he was going to be in town here in D.C. No and he's not. I'm actually waiting for my bet to be voided. I actually this morning bet Zion over 23 and a half points thinking, hey, you know, everybody's Smart calling bet. him fat. He's going to be motivated. And we don't really have a great uh, food scene here in D.C. So <laughs> maybe he's fasting today. Instead, I'm going to go with uh, Jonas Valachunas over 17 and a half points, minus 105. Mm-hmm. You kind of gave me the inspiration. Did you go in on it? Um, I just played it right here. The Wizards give up a ton of points and rebounds to opposing centers. They're just just awful defensively, among other things, at that position. So I went over points and rebounds for him. Uh, It's funny when you talk about Zion and the, the narrative that was going through your head. I literally thought the same thing. But I was looking yesterday for his early props. It was last night when I got home, and there was nothing there. And I was like, where is it? Where is it? Oh, I bet he's not going to play. Sure enough, what happens, Trista, when the, uh, the teams play the Wizards? DC, the place where stars go to load manage. <laughs> Every single time. So right, though. They do. So true. I remember I paid all that good, hard-earned money to sit as close to the floor as I could to watch my man, John Morant, pre any of those issues. Yeah. And he, Desmond Bain, and... Jaron Jackson all did not play, mm-hmm. so I got to watch a little David Roddy and Steven Adams. Oh, yeah. Paid about 180 bucks a ticket <laughs> to watch those bums in a place that felt like I was sitting inside of a Best Buy. So I'm not like, okay, I don't, I don't like the voided bets. If somebody gets hurt, somebody gets hurt. But you should have your tickets. Like, you should get at least 50% of your money back. If yeah. you go to watch John Morant and you get David Roddy, who, again, is in the starting lineup tonight, nobody going for the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. you should at least get some money back. Or, like, free drinks, free food. I don't know. Why is that about – is it just because the Wizards are no good? They're just they're just terrible, and it's not really a great scene right there at Capital One Arena, which they're apparently moving anyway to Virginia, so we'll see we'll how see that looks that. as things goes on. Yeah. By the way, guys, and I will give out bets, and I promise, because I have some stuff in the Sixers game, but that – we'll talk about it later. But this whole D.C. Alexandria move for the Wizards and the Caps has created quite a scuttlebutt in my neighborhood group chat. You have a neighborhood group chat already? You just moved in. Emails. No, it's not like a group chat. It's an email serve that goes out to all the residents. And the thread was popping last night. I actually really can't wait to hear what this sounds like. It's like, not to be not in my own backyard, but I just think the traffic, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah uh, I was listening to a lot of local radio today. Same stuff I was on. Much. I was on in Richmond today. I was on here in D.C., and that is all anybody wanted to talk about was that. And and rightfully so. This happens in, in you know, major markets across the country, right? All yeah. over the place. Teams move to different areas, and it, it matters. So it's now happening in the D.C. area. We just had the, the opposite, I mean, kind of a similar situation situation with the A's leaving Oakland to go to Vegas and you can go down the list and I mean that's obviously more extreme than this but yeah it's it's a regular thing now and these
you know, the guys that are just there waiting for the outlet, you know, drive and kick yeah, scenarios. the Grant like, Williams of the world. No, oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How does this affect me personally? Which is absolutely bonkers to me. If you do the middle school math, is a last time that they played against one another. Sadiq Bey had 19 against the Pistons. Tobias Harris had 24. Max Struess had 18. So Buddy Heald had 18. Gary Trent Jr. as well. So, like, these guys who are sitting in the corner waiting for the scoring guard to drive and kick, they've also had great games. So I like Tobias Harris to get 15 points. Like I said, he already ate against the Pistons last matchup. And then Joel Embiid to get 10 rebounds. He had 16 the last time these two teams played. The one scare that I have about going higher than that is maybe a blowout maybe they sit them late in the game but it was a very competitive game the last two times or the last time that these two teams played I think they only won by like five or six which was crazy so Joel Embiid 10 rebounds and then Jaden Ivey outside of the game uh, games against the teams that play no defense aka the Indiana Pacers of the world aka the Washington Wizards of the world uh, Jaden Ivey just really hasn't been very good from a scoring perspective uh, so I like the under 10 and a half points for Jaden Ivey in this spot. I think he hasn't had, hit 10 points since November 17th. Uh, so I really like that. All that together is uh, 17 to 1. Damn. All right. I like it. I got into the lab. <laughs> had did. some time. <laughs> looking, like for this, looking for this Wizards game that's on local local TV. It's like five. Yeah, we got to get it. We got to get there for our fun facts. We got to figure out what's uh, Jordan Poole's outright record. I am, guys, I'm so glad that everybody's in on noticing that little thing with me. So, all right. I got a couple I got to throw all out right. there as well. I like tonight. Uh, I like Giannis to hit a three. It's plus 225. He's going to chuck. The Pacers don't play a whole lot of defense. The total in this game is 258 and a half. That's just like a small one for me, though. But I really like Buddy Heald. He's only averaging 13 and a half points uh, this season. His point prop 13 and a half tonight, minus 120 to Didn't the he over. Did he go crazy against the Bucks last game? Yeah, and he averages in his career 17 points against the Bucks. He always goes crazy. Uh, so he's played 18 career games against the Bucks. He averages 17 points, 4.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists in 18 games. So I thought about maybe the points, rebounds, and assists, or maybe the threes, but I'm just going to go over 13 and a half points. It's a game where the total is 258 and a half. I think everybody's going to go off. So Giannis to hit a three, Buddy Heald over on his points, and then my favorite bet of the NBA season it's an ugly one. Uh, Spurs, plus three and a half against the Lakers. Second night of a back-to-back for the Lakers. They're also just not a good road team. They're 10-2 and two at home this season, only 4-8 and eight on the road. And they played last night against Dallas. Tough game. They lose 127-125. Anthony Davis played 37 minutes. LeBron played 40 minutes. They're both game-time decisions. I don't think there's any chance they both go, and that's why we're seeing a three-and-a-half point spread with the Spurs, who are uh, terrible this season. They're 3-19. and 19. But I'm going to take San Antonio plus three and a half. I kind of like them on the money line. I think they win this game outright, plus one three, uh, one thirty-five. And then if uh, things are looking good, I'm thinking about a revenge spot. Kevin Durant over twenty-six and a half points going against the uh, Brooklyn Nets tonight. Suns are four and a half point favorites. So that's what I got in the NBA. Guys, this may be the only time I say this, but I'm all in on Caleb Martin tonight. Oh, Who's I he like play that. for? The Heat have he be? the Heat. Who he play for? <laughs> the Heat have nobody tonight. Bam Adebayo's out. Uh, Haywood Highsmith is out. Tyler Hero's out. So this is their starting lineup. Orlando Robinson, Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, and Kyle Lowry. That's who the Heat sent out there. Caleb Martin has actually been on a tear recently. I took on its own over, to get paid. over his rebounds. Exactly. Over on rebounds, six and a half uh, for that. I put over two and a half assists into a parlay uh, that's there as well. I did not take his points, but I... 
would not blame anybody if you also take the points there. He's just been he's been getting a ton of minutes and he's been answering the call for those. So it's a big, big Caleb Martin. I, I do have this parlay. I took Jalen Jalen Brunson over six and a half assists on the side as well, but it's Jalen Brunson over six and a half assists because the Jazz just give up a ton of assists. Yeah. Like it's 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 a it's a great slump buster for any point guard that you're looking to maybe rack up a few extra assist numbers. You're going to get it there. But this is just uh, Jalen Brunson over six and a half assists. Terry Rozier. Uh, over two and a half threes made, and then Caleb Martin over two and a half assists for that, and that actually pays out a plus four hundred. So it's a pretty solid three leg parlay there. Also over on Wemby rebounds eleven and a half. It's a little juicy now. It's minus one forty five. I saw in one place. The issue is just that the juice because other than that, I mean, he has been these are his rebounding numbers since they moved him to center eighteen twenty ten twelve eleven. That's just the last five games alone. Wemby has been. I, I think that's just where he needs to be. They yeah. just need to put him at center now. It, it seems to be working for him. And, I mean, if you're Greg Popovich, right, like you're just experimenting. It doesn't matter this year. Like Hopefully he has you know, 20 and 20 tonight. Might do it. And might a big do it victory again. over the Lakers who start pretty much nobody tonight. You know what? I'm glad that you brought up the rebounds and that Knicks game because I was thinking about maybe back in the Knicks. I'm just going to stay away. And we talked about this with Joe Delera without uh, Mitchell, you know, going for the Knicks. I'm going to go Julius Randle over nine and a half rebounds. He's been awesome, dude. And, and who's going to make up for the rebounding yeah. now? Uh, did you see without, who they uh, signed? Mitchell Robinson, who? Taj Gibson's back, baby. Oh, yeah, I did actually uh, see Taj Gibson back in New York. Yeah, him and Tibbs. <laughs> back like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I like on a night-to-night basis Julius Randle points and rebounds okay. as well. He had what? Like his number was 31 and a half the other night when we were at BetMGM National Harbor. I think he finished with like. 31 and 12. Yeah, I mean, he's been cooking 34 against the Raptors and 8, and then against the Celtics, 20 and 5, and then against the Bucks, he had 41 points, 6 yeah. boards. But, you know, he's averaging 9.6 this season, and yeah, now I think he's going to have to, uh, you know, obviously yeah, step up. Yeah, against the Raptors, this that was Monday night. He had 34 and, thir- and, and 8. So, yeah, he had 43, and the number was, or 42, the number was uh, 30 and a half. I like it. I like it. Let me ask you guys one question because I'm right. thinking about it, but I probably shouldn't. Bradley Beal, points tonight, 15 and a half. And the only reason I'm considering, because it's actually minus 125 to the under, minus 105 to the over. And Kevin Durant, I want to play his points. He's a game-time decision. I figure uh, he goes. Uh, it looks but. like he's going, he's though. He's going to go. So he is, he's game-time, but they're, they're, they Beal said he's going to go. I don't know. No. I just haven't seen enough I'm of him playing about, with them yet. Over one and a half three is plus one forty. Yeah, and, and I also worry about like a minute restriction. Yeah, that's How many minutes is he going to play? Yeah, I'll stay away from that one. I'm worried about my back too. I feel his pain. My back. Oh, it's I know. Awful. I've decided just to, to not trust, to not touch my laptop as much as possible. Yeah, today. I've got some serious. Me and Ashu uh, Ryan are starting to go into the Ryan Horvat protocol where we need some. <laughs> we need some like additional supplementation for um, what is it called? Like podiatry or like some sort of you know, chiropractic yeah. uh, what's that where, Brownies where you grab the on the kind. where was it called where you like have the Those proper like proper ergonomics we ergonomics, need better yeah, yeah, ergonomics yeah. for our yeah. chairs and we need little cushions for our feet yeah somebody hit my chair today I sat down for a second I thought I was in a prison cell I'm like <laughs> what the hell is this and for some reason we're playing musical chairs here nobody's in the building all day but yet it's the morning we'll show go, oh, people are in the building but they're not in the they're building. In the you know, I'm ready to Other start a PJ. I'm ready to start a war with Jenks in the morning show. Let's do it. Who is they're doing all, this? They're moving our chairs. 
They're, they're changing stuff around out. in here. Should I kidnap the donkster? I'm seeing rappers left on the floor. We could, ki- you know what? We should kidnap the donkster and hold him hostage. Give me back my son, like Mel Gibson's yes. uh, son in Ransom. I'll be the Gary Sinise of Ben QL. What will the ransom be, though? Snake eyes. It's for like them. taken. It's like we've taken your donkey. I'd say I want you to pick up my uh, December uh, 26th through January 7th shift. I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> I love being here. Plows. I would say, <laughs> I would say. Um, Can you imagine if Jinx is working the daily tip and bed MGM tonight? He yeah, would sleep here. You got to cover me. Kim, he's using the donk as his pillow. I'm going to be back home at the UC watching my Chicago Bulls. So I can't Ryan wait. Ryan likes to use the donk as his pillow. I too. can't wait to talk some Bulls with our guy uh, Lawrence Holmes tonight and figure mm-hmm. out what the hell. That should be a segment about the Chicago. Bulls every night on the pre and post game. Just what the hell? I hate watching that team. I uh, and tried to get a call. You get a call from like Eversley, and they're like, "I'm sorry, uh, we're gonna have to pull our uh, relationship right. with uh, the score." Mike in the eight one five. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I think that you know you could. That's not Can one of the stations. Toe-toe? You could you could be honest about the teams. That's why I love six mm-hmm. seventy the score. That's why I grew up such a huge fan. It's not like some of these stations where you know if you mm-hmm. rip the Pistons. Then they're threatening to take away the broadcast rights. It's nothing like that. If the Bulls are playing like nonsense, you could call it out. And that's what you got to do because they're right playing here, like, like nonsense. Like here in D.C., right? Like here in, just like here uh, in D.C. On the, the radio, but not on the TV not network. On the TV. There's a very big difference between the two. Full ownership versus affiliation is a big difference. Seriously, though, how do you, like, what do you find positive? I mean, they have a 14-4 lead right now, so that's positive. And it's, uh, what do we got, 9.38 to go in the first quarter. But what do you say positive about this team right now? The, Was- the Washington. Palau Koulibaly. Okay, yeah. there you go. I was going to yeah. say, like, Johnny Davis, bust. Um, hate to say Denny it. Denny Wisconsin. nice player. Tyus, Tyus Jones, you might yeah. get a first-round pick for him. I think they might end up moving him. I mean, really, the, here's Didn't the he thing, though. Yes. <laughs> but for, he, was a, he was a piece to try to flip, I think. Yeah. They're just acquiring assets yeah. to flip. It's kind of like, like I feel like Malcolm Brogdon's going to be that way in mm-hmm. Portland, you know? And listen, this is the thing where, like, fan bases like, can understand and accept when a team has a blueprint for building success. It's when you're just throwing stuff at the wall and you end up like the Bulls where you've got a bunch of contracts for some aging former stars and the team's going to sit there in NBA purgatory. If you're the Wizards, if you're the Trailblazers, they're in different kind of different stages, but like those are organizations that know we've got this thing, we're going to get a bunch of assets, and we're going to start over again. You can at least feel some promise if you're that fan base. And also those teams a lot of times are uh, you know big underdogs, and it's nice to sometimes take them when they're like 13-point dogs. The Wizards don't necessarily cover. I was going to say, but, not the Wizards. But there are other teams Blazers that tend to do big that. Dogs there you is going to be a, is it gonna yeah. be a, a massive. I took them plus 12 and a half against the Clippers on Monday night. That They almost won that game. That's how the Thunder were a couple of years ago. Thunder were awesome. Thunder covered, I mean, I think they were one of the I want to say one of the highest covering teams in the NBA a couple yeah, of seasons right, ago. Something ago. along those lines. I'm in Memphis. All right, speaking of Lawrence Holmes, he's going to join us next live from Chicago. It's BetMGM Tonight. Only the bull.
Incredible indeed. ESPN again with the call. So Tennessee holds on. They sack to a late. They're the first team to be down by 14 points with under three minutes to play and win a game since 2016. Previous teams in this spot had gone 0-767. So what we saw last night was something we rarely see in the NFL. And Chelsea, you got to be thrilled with this. Well, kind of. But, like, what are the Titans doing winning games right now? We don't need to win games. Like, we're not <laughs> going to make the postseason, so you might as well get a better draft pick. But what I wanted to see in this game is exactly what we saw. Will Levis taking a hold of the offense and getting a chance to play in some meaningful moments. Because that's what the Titans are playing for now. They're playing for the future. They want to see if Will Levis is going to be their quarterback moving forward. And I think we saw a lot of great things from Will Levis last night. We saw the arm. We saw the scrambling ability. The fact that he can take some hits. At one point, I think Mike Vrabel pulled him to the sideline and said, hey, you can't be lowering your shoulder as a quarterback (laughs) and hitting other players. So I really like the toughness and the resilience that he showed because we knew there was going to be some rookie mishaps, and we did see that with the turnovers. Earlier in the game, uh, I believe he threw a pick six. Later in the game, he fumbled, I believe. But the way that he came back was what mattered the most. And like you said, the Titans in that spot, down 14 points in the fourth quarter, showed a ton of resilience for a team that's kind of been left for dead. So I do like what we're seeing from Will Levis. I do like what we're seeing from this team. Uh, I just wish they wouldn't have won outright. (laughs) I understand that. Your guy, Derrick Henry, moves to 15th on the NFL's all-time rushing list. On the flip side, Tua Tungabailoa, only 240 yards. Raheem Mostert rushes for 96 and two touchdowns. But Tyreek Hill leaves the game in the first quarter with an apparent ankle injury. What is your takeaway from the Dolphins here? This is one of those crushing losses in that, look, the Dolphins are going to be fine. They have plenty of talent. But there's no way in the NFL you should be giving up a 14-point lead with four minutes to play. They've now won three straight. They're not going to blow anyone out. And Tommy DeVito is not Patrick Mahomes, but... I I love this story for a guy who has no business, it feels like, playing quarterback in the NFL. And here we are. What a sentence. Tommy DeVito is not Patrick Mahomes, uh, clearly. (laughs) But it takes a lot to come in here and have this type of performance because this was an undrafted free agent we're talking about. And there was an interesting quote after the game that made me think that he has a lot of pressure from people in his hometown and that surrounding area. Like Brian Dable was talking about it. He said it's hard for him to keep football the main thing because he's from here and he has such a fan base. And, of course, we've all seen the memes about Tommy Cutlets. And let me ask you for a second. Did you see his agent last night with the fedora on and the pinstripes? He looked like a cartoon character. He could not have been more dressed to the nines for exactly what we pictured for Tommy DeVito's agent. So it's been a great stretch for Tommy DeVito. And also, big game from Saquon Barkley. Uh, We haven't heard his name too much this season as, you know, the premier talent that he is. But a good game here. I think uh, the second half of the game was when he really went off. Had a long of 34, Mm -hmm. I believe, in the second half. uh, And a couple of touchdowns to boot. Jenks, you were all over Saquon here. And it was the right call. 
I'll say this. I love the fact that Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito, is leaning into this. You mentioned his agent. Sean Stellato is his name. He will be inducted into the National Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame this week in Chicago. And by the way, the DeVito family, did you see this before? The now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. How about those Wizards? 18 to 6 over the Pelicans. Look at that, Ryan. Should have bet on them tonight. 23 8, actually, in a second here. They'll blow it, though. They always do. Yeah, they, they were up like 15 the other night, and they lost by like 36 points. It's yeah. the NBA. We're way behind here. It's you know, you know my rule. You want to be down 15 at least in the first quarter. I mean, it is true, though. Look at what happened with the Lakers and Mavs last night. Yeah. So, I mean, that Mavs was a. Came back. Yeah, it became a roller coaster of a game for both sides. Mavs, the three seed if the season ends today, which obviously it does not, but Luca, MVP conversation. Yes, and it should be. Look at where they are. And he's the poor guy's already got everything hurting, right? Wait till you turn 30, Luca. It's going to be worse, buddy. And then it only gets worse after that, I hear. Depends. If you diet well, do some yoga, yeah. take some HGH. marry somebody that you love, you know, and also just have some me time. Maybe, you know, three or four hours. Go get a massage. Go see a movie by yourself. That's what I like to do. <laughs> movie Especially, by yourself? Yeah, if you could get like a six-pack, uh, uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you able to have a couple uh, couple beers. Maybe even if it's before the show. I don't know. Just bring a flask in with you. I won't tell on there you. There you go. It's totally Save fine. Save a lot of money. There you go. All right. Well, the one thing we know, the NBA is a roller coaster, but the NFL, I feel like the NFL, it's a little, I'm a little more comfortable betting on the NFL because you don't go through the emotional roller coaster every single quarter like you do, but... We bring on Lawrence Holmes, 670 to score in Chicago. And the Bears, to me, Lawrence, it kind of feels a little bit like this is its own level of a roller coaster. I'm looking at them right now, and I see a team that is kind of starting to turn it around at the right time. Do you see it the same way, or is it just kind of the up and down that we've been getting the entire year with this team? Well, I don't think it's a mistake that what you've seen since Montez Sweat was added to this team is a team that is very strong defensively. And there you see them go from being kind of an okay defense to right now they're a top five defense with Montez Sweat. They've been getting the ball out. They've been intercepting guys. And that helps that Jared Goff, for some reason, he cannot solve the Bears for, for the last two games. Like he is that they've played against each other. He keeps giving them the ball. But that defense has been top notch. And since Justin Fields has come back, the offense has shown some signs of improving. So, yeah, I, I think that this this version of the Bears is much better than the version that started the season with the losing streak and extending the losing streak into from last season. They're 5-4 and four in their last nine. You talk about uh, Montez Sweat coming here. I was listening to him on Twitter. There was a clip really praising the culture and Matt Eberflus. And I think there's been this groundswell about firing Eberflus, and I think you see the defense turn around. You see Montez Sweat say, no, it's not the same type of culture as it was in Washington where we just wanted to get through the season. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. It's terrible. We all know it. Where, it's awful in Washington. <laughs> how does this turnaround correlate with Eberflus' job security? Well, I don't think that just culture is going to allow him to keep his job, Trista. I think that if he wants to keep his job, he better keep winning games. And remember, before we start giving the Bears credit for culture change, remember, the the D.C. of this team had to be relieved of his duties because he might have been a nasty man. <laughs> right, first week of the season. The running backs coach 
had to be relieved of his duties because he might have been a nasty man. So <laughs> that's not a great culture, although there are the folks around the Bears that will tell you that it makes them a great culture that they saw some bad stuff happening and they removed it from the situation. What you'd love to see the Bears become is a winning culture, and that's something that they're still not doing yet consistently enough. This is a big challenge for them this week against Cleveland. Is a real team with a good defense, and and if if they win that game, like Bears fans, they just need Ryan knows, like they just need a little taste, and they got it. They got a little taste this past week, and that now if they beat Cleveland, this place will be up for grabs because we joke about it on our show all the time that all the Bears need to do to be successful this season is find themselves in the in the hunt graphic at the end of the season. And they're yeah. so close to that being the case. Yeah, that's all that matters. But I think they're in a good situation, too, because they have a ton of cap space. You know, uh, like you said, they're a top 10 run defense. They're figuring the secondary out. But they're also in a good position where you could win some games. You could be in the hunt, maybe even sneak into the playoffs because the NFC is not really all that great. And they still are going to have the number one overall pick because Carolina is such a disaster. So that's my question, though, because, like, you know, week three, week four, I'm getting text messages from my family, and it's like, Justin Fields can't play. I'm a big Justin Fields guy, but if you could draft Caleb Williams or you could draft Drake May, you know, like, what do you do in this situation? Obviously, there's a couple more weeks to evaluate Justin Fields, but if you had to make that decision today, what do you think that they would do? You know, is it like Marvin Harrison at number one or a pass rusher, or is it one of these quarterbacks? Well, as it stands right now, they're they're looking at, uh, you know, a, a couple top ten picks with one, and right now I think it's seven. I I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that yeah. he's the guy that you of the top ten picks and of the offensive players for sure. He's the one guy that I know exactly what he does, and I know exactly what he's going to be as a pro. With quarterbacks, you're playing craps like all of the time. I'm convinced that Caleb Williams is my height and I'm like a little bit over five foot nine and I'm convinced that Caleb Williams is too. And his height has been shrinking as the years have gone on. He went from like six two, so I saw him listed as six feet and a quarter. And by the time he gets to the combine, I'm telling you he's gonna be five ten. I have questions about Drake May. The quarterback that I like is actually Jaden Daniels, but yeah, I'll leave that for for another time. I'm a big fan of Justin Fields, too. And I, I'm i stuck because I see it. It's the same thing how I feel about Jordan Love a little bit where I watch Jordan Love and I go, oh, I get why LaFleur likes him. And then he does something stupid. It's, it's kind of similar with Justin Fields where you go, oh, only two other quarterbacks in the league can make that play on the goal line where he spins out of two tackles and runs for 33 yards. Or they hit the big play a la Aaron Rodgers style where they draw Detroit offside and then go deep. He has all the tools. And on top of it, he's like a really good kid. Like This is the type of guy that if everything started to straighten out on the field, he would have Chicago eating out of his hands. It's just a matter of him being more consistent, a little bit more consistent from the pocket. But... I went on a whole diatribe today on the radio show about how we need to start looking at quarterbacks differently because now we're kind of midway through that group of, of quarterbacks that started out running spread 
and you know, the, all those kids that were running spread in high school 10 years ago, they've now like ascended to the NFL and the coaching hasn't really changed. So they're not getting as many reps in the pocket or more difficult, complex reading systems than what they were doing in college. Now you have to step that up when you're playing against pro defenses. And it, I think it takes some time. And, and I'm not sure that anyone wants to give anyone time. You got to win right now because it's the NFL. Well, and there's so many teams that need a quarterback. So you get Carolina's pick at number one. Do we see another scenario to you where Chicago trades back, gets more assets, gets Marvin Harrison at, say, two or three? Because there's going to be a bevy of teams that probably are going to be lining up for Caleb Williams, Drake May, and the like. Tristan, you hit the nail on the head. If they are convinced, and I'm not sure that they are, I actually think it's the opposite. But if, if Justin Fields over the next four weeks convinces them, then you're talking about you can stick somebody up. That's the best position in the world to be in, is to have the number one pick and not need a quarterback. And if the Bears can walk into this year's draft that way, oh my goodness, the type of things that, that you could get with that and you would only have to move one spot or two. And even, like, let's say you move to three. You could still get Marvin Harrison because it's probably going to be quarterback, quarterback. That's probably how the draft is going to go. So to me, that's the, the best scenario for the Bears. If you can make sure that you have the guy that you want, if Justin Fields is that dude, if he and Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, can get on the same page, then you can ransom the number one pick. And you can turn that into players that are going to help Justin Fields immediately. Trista, how good would a Bears offense with DJ Moore on one side and Marvin Harrison Jr. on the other side look? That looks pretty deadly to me. Potent. Potent. Talking to Lawrence Holmes, Ben MGM tonight. I, I thought you were going to – I thought it was more potent? to than potent. Just one-word answer, but sometimes that, it gets straight to the point. It's funny, though, thinking about that. Like, I mean, Chicago is in – I mean – God, that, that's how you do a rebuild, and you turn things around so quick with an organization. It's just getting all those assets, although, as we know, you got to have those the talent in the front office to identify the right players to draft and do all that. We've obviously seen both. But let's look at this weekend now coming up. The Bears are okay. three-point dogs heading to Cleveland this weekend, Lawrence. And I, They're going to win outright, let me Lawrence. I, I'm kind of I'm actually I'm torn on this game and this here's why because we know how good the Browns defense obviously is but all of a sudden Joe Flacco is like prime Joe Flacco again which is an awesome story this I mean it's been all about Elite. backup quarterbacks this year in the really like the dude had 311 yards passing and three touchdowns it was unbelievable but at the same time we see a Bears team that again like I said I, I feel like they're actually trending up now Justin Fields is allowed to be a little bit more of himself which in the end is probably the best for this team what does Chicago need to do to go into Cleveland this weekend and win that game they cannot turn the ball over and Justin Fields has not been doing that lately that's really good if you look to his touchdown to interception ratio it's been terrific this season and especially since he's he's come back they've got to play the same level of high intensity defense that they've been playing Jaquan Brisker team strong safety at 17 tackles and a forced fumble and these weren't oh you're getting gashed in your strong safety is having to, to make plays 20 yards down the field. No, 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 no. This is a, a, a dude that is ready, and he, he gets to the line of scrimmage and he makes plays. So if they can do that, I, I suspect that they won't do a ton of blitzing, 
and and it does hurt that Yannick Ngakwe is now out for the season. He was leading the team. He was second in, on the team in quarterback pressures, and he was starting to really work well with Montez Sweat on the other side. They've got to create pressure on Joe Flacco with four. If they end up in a situation where they're blitzing, Flacco for his entire career, older, smart quarterbacks don't blitz them because they'll they'll kill you. And if you look at his numbers against the Blitz and what he did against the Blitz last week, I don't think that that's a really good idea. If I'm actually surprised that the number is what it is considering that the Bears are going on the road. So that's pretty much even, right? That If, if you're saying yes. it's minus three, it's yep. pretty much an even, mm-hmm. even game. And considering the type of talent that, that Cleveland has on their offense and, and what they do defensively, I'm a little bit surprised. But if the Bears don't turn the ball over, I think that they've got a decent shot. Lawrence, when do you think the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago <laughs> Cubs, and the Chicago White Sox will start acting like uh, big market teams? Now, with the Cubs, uh, I didn't really expect to sign Otani, but like you give Craig Council all that money. I think this team that he's going to manage next season might be worse than the team that they had last season. And then with the Bulls, it's just a mess. I mean, they're 9-16. and 16. They shut down Zach Levine for the next couple weeks. Uh, like, who do you think has a better future? Who do you trust more to turn that thing around? And then I'll ask about the Sox because I know you love them. I, I trust the Cubs more to make a move and, and try and try and do something. Um, the folks at the station got a big kick out of I said on the air that the Cubs are in a position to bully these hoes. Uh, in their division, and I and I agree with that assessment. They should be, yeah. <laughs> and they should be. I think that they were in on Otani. I, I think it just came down to preference, honestly. Like he just wanted to be a Dodger, but they need to do something significant in the trade market. I'd love to see them get Bellinger back. The crazy part, and it's something that I'm like monitoring. You know, if I decide to go get a PhD, it's one of the things that I I would work a thesis on. I think the Cubs. Because, like the Dodgers and like the Yankees, have their own cable network, and they're not reliant on Diamond Sports, I think that they're in the best one of the best positions in baseball to take away some salary from teams that aren't getting it from their their local revenue with their cable deal. This these next two years should be the years where the Cubs strike, and I think that's what the Craig Council move was. They didn't hate David Ross. They really liked David Ross, but they didn't think that David Ross was a championship manager. The the only significant move that you make is hiring a manager. That can't be it. He's worth a couple of wins, no doubt about it, because he's really good. You got to do more. You got to bring back. They got to find a third baseman and a first baseman. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot because they left a lot of home runs on the table last year. Lawrence, we got about 30 seconds. Do you think that Zach Levine is as banged up as he really is? Or do you think this is just keeping him on ice for a trade? Initially, I was kind of like skeptical on it. But once he started talking about getting that PRP treatment, I was oh. like, ah, you know what? That That's probably – you probably don't make something like that up. I think that the timing of it was great. And I think he could probably be back a little earlier if you wanted to push him. But why push them? They like the way that they're playing basketball now much better than they did when Zach was 100% healthy. No yeah, it's, they've, they've turned this thing around very, very Four quickly without him. I know. It's wild. Up. Kobe White, love, I love watching now. He's getting He's great. buckets. Lawrence Holmes, 670 the score. Appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. Oh, you guys are the best. Talk to you soon.
Appreciate yeah. you. I mean, even last night, Kobe White hit like a 30-foot, just pulled up from like 30 feet out and hit a three. Falling. I was like, dude, wow, where'd this come from? It's great to see. Yeah. You know what? Maybe your Bulls are a playoff team after all, Ryan. Probably not. Yeah, okay, probably not. Who wins the NFC South? We'll look at that next. Bet MGM tonight. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. They were in the parking lot handing out cutlets and pasta to people. So Tommy is as Italian as it gets, which I, I love. He's from the area. So when you hear Brian Dable talking about that pressure, that's a real thing from Giants fans, from the Italian community. You're like, Tommy, this is our guy. And he's such an unheralded quarterback for him to go in and to say, yeah, I've been leading this team through this three-game winning streak. No matter what happens in his future, he's always going to have this. And that's, that's pretty amazing. NFC make or miss the playoffs. And when we look at the NFC wildcard standings up to the nanosecond, mind you, obviously this conversation is about the six, six and seven seed in the wildcard standings. Right now, Minnesota, uh, only team in this conversation with a winning record at seven and six uh, after that thrilling win against the Raiders. Uh, then we've got a mess of uh, six and seven teams. The Packers uh, currently have the tiebreakers over everyone else. Uh, we got the Rams, the Seahawks. Then we get to the Falcons and the Saints. The NFC South has entered the chat. So when we look at this mess right now, Joe, what do you make of all of it? Yeah, so in, in the AFC part of this conversation, we were talking about the teams that we like and certain paths and all that. But <laughs> I don't like anybody here. You guys <laughs> like – let's start there. Forget the schedule and all that stuff. Is, is there – is there any team that you like? Is there any team that can be dangerous on Super Wild Card Weekend? I don't have one. Do you guys? Okay, I got one. I, I sort of one, like the Rams, that, but they're on the outside right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one I was thinking. The Rams. Okay, but I don't. Could, could like we see Sean else. McVay have a coach advantage, like in some of those matchups? Could we see – how about this? Okay, we didn't get to this in the awards. And sure. it's obviously tied in. He's 50-1 to 1 for Coach of the Year. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> why did you say this? <laughs> right? George got curious just now. I'm just saying. 
right? Let me make sure that that's still the. Yeah, he's fifty to one at BetMGM. Wow, four games would be enough time if they make a run. This was the team that was yeah. supposed to. He's they're going to be so bad. He's going to handpick his quarterback for the future. They were not supposed to be in this at all. Mm-hmm. Boy, it could. He could enter that conversation. Like he's in the range of Lafleur and Tomlin. He should not be in the range of Lafleur and Tomlin. I don't think. No, not at all. Wow. So there's, yeah. I mean, there are 30s out there, but there's a 50. So it, that's the only team that could could do something scary, right? That could get in that you have some belief in. Absolutely. Definitely there. I mean, you know, the receivers are still healthy. The Kyron Williams aspect has made them even more dynamic. And certainly, you know, our friends and experts and pundits who watch the Rams carefully, who really know ball, have talked about how they are able to disguise so many different things. We talk about unpredictable offenses. Well, the Rams Mm -hmm. are high on that list when it comes to having one pre-snap look and then giving the defense something completely different. And you've got a veteran quarterback in Matt Stafford. As long as he can stay healthy, he knows how to run this offense. He's been there long enough. They are more and more fun. Second and goal. Carr. Throws. End zone. Touchdown. Guess who? We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. Yeah, well, guess who's going to win this sorry-ass division in the South? That was Jimmy Graham getting that touchdown. Keep forgetting he's still in the NFL, guys. Guy's a touchdown machine. Well, he was out of the league for a couple of years. I know. Bored. And then he comes back, and you're like, oh, yeah, Jimmy Graham, who at one time, remember when he was trying to, when he was in a contract battle, negotiation, whatever, with the Saints, and the whole issue was whether or not he was a receiver or a tight end. Yeah, because he wanted to get paid like a yes. receiver. Yes, and so he, t- he changed his Twitter profile to say pass catcher. And everybody made a big deal out of it, like, yeah. well, maybe that could be used against, and it didn't matter. My favorite Jimmy Graham memory, right? So I was, um, I don't know if you guys know this, my favorite NFL player of all time is actually not Aaron Rodgers. He's 1B. It's Jordy Nelson, White Lightning, 1A. You've never and talked about him. How, no, no, I'm being serious. He had one year. I, really? You didn't this? know this? No. Oh, I got like Jordy Nelson. You talk about Tony Kukoc and Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers all the time. You've you never talked this. about Jordy Nelson. Oh, no. I love, love Jordy Nelson. Probably not enough. You don't give him any attention. Well, he's been out of the league a couple of years, so I haven't talked about (laughs) him. He's he's back like farming in Kansas or something like that. But anyway, so the last year of Jordy Nelson with my team, he had to catch the football from Brett Hundley, who was terrible. Oh, I remember that cow legend. And everybody was calling in our radio show, and they're like, you got to cut Jordy, trade trade Jordy, he's washed. And I was like, okay, fine, that's fine. But then um, they get rid of Jordy Nelson only to bring in and pay Jimmy Graham Two years past his prime. Remember, he caught double-digit mm-hmm. touchdowns that year in Seattle, but yep. that's all he did was he was the red zone threat. And he's always going to be able to do that because he's like six foot six. You know what I mean? He's a huge target. Right. And he's doing the same thing with the Saints. He only catches the football in the back of the end zone for touchdowns, which, good for him. Um, that's what Jimmy Graham does. He flies airplanes and he catches touchdowns. And uh, it's kind of weird to see because, yeah, he's just out of the league. Now he's back in the league with the Saints. And... Uh, Remember what happened like during the season, like right before the season, he like got arrested. Yeah. He was just like wandering on the street. Now he's oh, back yeah. just being Jimmy Graham. So uh yeah. 
So the, the NFC South right now, it's Tampa at six and seven. It's the Falcons at six and seven. It's those Saints at six and seven. And then way down at the bottom is the one and twelve Carolina Panthers. This division is look, I feel like we have this almost every year now in the NFL. And I understand there's the whole like you win the division, you get a home playoff game. Woo! We've got to eliminate that. There's got to be some sort of limit. You gotta be a team that's well, I would say 500, but you can't be 500 anymore until they had an 18th game. Tampa's the favorite at plus 165 to win it. Atlanta plus 175 right behind. New Orleans at 2-1. to one. I, I, I think the only way you could look at this division, if you really wanted to kind of say, how could I get any sort of comfort level in what team maybe goes on a run at the end of the year? You look at strength of schedule and look at Atlanta 30th, New Orleans 24th, and say, maybe... I. They're just it's just all inconsistent at best, mostly trash football teams. Yeah, I like the numbers for the Falcons just because of the schedule. They play the Panthers, obviously the worst football team. I mean, in a long time that we've seen. They just <laughs> really can't move the ball. Bryce Young has no protection. Their best weapon is Adam Thielen, who I think is older than me. You know, and so then you've got a multi tiered running attack in the Falcons and yeah, the Panthers defensively have been okay. But the Falcons are figuring some things out. Desmond Ritter, I mean, he's back into the mix. I don't love him, but still. So, yeah, I think you play the Falcons, you play the Colts, you play the Bears. You're probably 2-1. and one. So, I I assume that they probably won't beat the Bears on New Year's Eve. Um, Bears are still going to be trying to play for something. They're not going to rest their starters or anything. Yeah. It is Soldier Field, tough place to play. Probably a pretty significant weather game. It's Desmond Ritter outside. So probably two and one. So I kind of like that number. With Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got the Atlanta win total over eight and a half. And I also have Atlanta to make the playoffs from before the season two to one. I kind of wish I didn't have both of those and maybe just the playoff thing. But this was kind of what I was looking at when, mm-hmm. I, make, when I made the bet. First off, I didn't know that they were going to be only a six-win team because they spent so much money on the defensive side of the ball, and the defense has actually really improved. The problem is they don't have a quarterback. And I didn't think Desmond Ritter had to be an all-pro, but you remember like the last four games he started last season when the Mariota thing was over, and he won the last two. And they pushed the ball down the field a little bit more. Obviously, he's he's not like Joe Burrow or anything like that, but you draft Bijan. I thought Kyle Pitts was finally going to have a year. Drake London is a stud, but... I don't know, man. I just don't trust them because of the quarterback position. But I like the back end of the schedule. Uh, Even though it's a road game, it's against Carolina, like you said, one of the worst football teams of all time. Then it's Indianapolis, who I didn't know how good they were going to be. And then it was on the road, but against Chicago, I figured tank mode, if anything. And then against the Saints, uh, you know, I kind of figured Atlanta gets in. They probably win nine games, but maybe the Saints win 10 or 11 because they had the easiest schedule and they bring in Derek Carr. But now I'm nervous about Atlanta going over eight and a half and getting into the playoffs. Mm. But with this schedule and that price, that probably would be my bet. Because uh, I just I can't do it with the Saints, man. Like Derek Carr, he hasn't been the answer, right? Big disappointment and this year. The defense is what it is, but uh, you could get them. And then with Tampa Bay, just do you trust Baker Mayfield? You got to go on the road against Green Bay, and they need that one to mm-hmm. get into the playoffs. Then it's Jacksonville. Maybe if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play last week, but I mean he played with a high ankle sprain and. Didn't look great, but we say he was healthy enough. And then it's the Saints and it's Carolina. So the price makes sense with Tampa. I just don't trust them against Jacksonville or even even the Saints. And then we'll see against Green Bay. I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth with them right now. I, you can't lose to Tommy DeVito and have me feel good about you. I it is like I, I'm really like trying to find different ways to justify why one of these teams could win the division. And it's so easy to just write every single one of them off. I. I Maybe I would lean Atlanta 
because of the talent they have besides Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But then I stop and say, but you also have Desmond Ritter, who's turned into a turnover machine. Okay, Baker Mayfield's an upgrade at quarterback, but we also know that Baker Mayfield at times can make Baker Mayfield-like mistakes. It's just all really, it's really bad division. football. It is. I And I, I wish the NFL could do something to remedy this. I really do. Yeah. Like, I, at least take away the home playoff game. If What they really it really should be is just... I the the top like top four records are the top four seeds yeah. in the conference. I don't think you need this. The NBA has this, and they've had these issues before. They it's kind of different now, though, right? Isn't it? Isn't it? The format's definitely different in the NBA with that, isn't it? They yes. just do seeding, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So because I remember this happened. Unless there's a tiebreaker, which there was a tiebreaker in the bubble, and to get to the bubble, or maybe it was the year after the bubble, and it was. It was division, went to division winners, and then tiebreakers. So there is some, like, stuff, but it only comes into, into like, play very rarely. Yeah, we always see this in the NFC, especially, like, we're a crappy, like, you know, I mean, even, yeah. remember the year, though, like, Seattle had seven wins, and it was uh, the start of beast mode. They ended up winning a playoff game, and that's usually how it goes. You know, the only thing, though, with Atlanta is they do play three of the four games on the road. So, yeah, they have an easy schedule, and it's Carolina, right. but it's on the road. And what worries me a little bit there is New Orleans is still a tough place to play, and that could be for the division right there, and that's the final game of the season. It's that defense, you know what I mean, and it's Desmond Ritter or Heineke on the road, and the Saints could shut down the run a little bit, so then Ritter or Heineke are going to have to beat them with their arm. And before that, you'd feel good about Chicago, but, I mean, now all of a sudden Chicago has a top-10 run defense. If Atlanta can't run the ball... Then it's going to be Desmond Ritter having mm-hmm. to make plays with his arm on the road in Chicago. Yeah, they're going to lose that game what's to the Chicago. Weather, what's the weather going to look like mm-hmm. in Chicago? It's snowy, probably going to be cold, snowy, crappy. Windy. So maybe you stay away from Atlanta. Maybe Tampa is, is is the bet, and that's why the price is as is. But I feel like the best value is the Saints. Like, to finally get their stuff together. I would almost feel better with the Saints if it was Jameis, and like it was Jameis with a full <laughs> week to prepare, though. Not like Jameis getting thrown to the Wolves in the second quarter. But, I mean, on paper, that's the best team. It's it's Chris yes. Olave. It's Kamara. You know, it's Taysom Hill. Um it's yeah, a defense. I that laugh now when is, I say that, but he's had a decent season. Yeah. And it's the Giants, man, with Tommy DeVito. And now everybody's buying into the Giants because they beat the Packers. Um, you know, And they also had two weeks to prepare for that game. They were coming off the bye, and Green Bay was on six days of rest without an all-pro in Jair, without Christian Watson, their best wide receiver, and without Aaron Jones, their best player overall. So Saints take care of business against the Giants. They're one-point favorites on the road against the Rams, so they're favored in the game. But I don't know, man. I kind of feel better about the Rams right now than I do the Saints. And then it's Tampa, Atlanta. Maybe 2-1. to one, Maybe now's the time to buy in with the Saints. You know, if you do think they got a shot here. How many wins Dennis How many wins, wins this division? Um, I'm going to say eight. I th- I, and there's definitely no more than eight. No more than eight. There's no way you have a, a nine and eight team win this division. I mean, I don't think that the the Falcons are winning all three. Right. So that's not going to happen. So you got, yeah, Colts, Panthers, Bears, and Saints are the last four for Atlanta. So obviously they're Saints and Falcons. They're going right. to block each other out, whatever you want to exactly. say, for, for, for that game. I mean, Atlanta could beat, you beat the Panthers. See, I mean, yeah, I, I just can't find any team winning three games down the stretch with the way that they've played. Unless, you know, the Saints get hot here. I it's hard I to mean, see. the Saints have a look. The Saints have a Rams are a tough game. In yeah, that's LA. the thing. Like Buccaneers, the, tough game. Yeah. Honestly, even though it's in New Orleans this weekend, Tommy DeVito in the height of his powers, <laughs> Tommy Cutlass. I don't know, man. They could lose all four. <laughs> if 
Tommy Cutler, man, imagine if he keeps that thing going. I mean, Tampa has it the best because, okay, on the road against Green Bay, but we still don't know what the Packers are or Jordan Love is. On the road against Carolina, and then the two toughest opponents you play, you get them at home. Again, that's baked into the price at plus 165. Play the Jags and the Saints both at the crib. Yeah, both at home. You know what I mean? So that helps them out right there. I just, I don't know, you know, like one, Baker's had a really good season for Baker and guys have bought into Baker and that's good because we didn't even know that he was going to be the starter at this point of the season. He hasn't really been the issue, um, but yeah, this is if the playoffs, not something I want to get If the playoffs started it today, me, so. if the playoffs started today, it would be Tampa against the Eagles. Wow. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's just no way. Which is funny because we saw that two years ago when Jalen, like, remember, was starting to figure things out. Um, yep. And... Tampa won the game. Yep. I ended up betting the Eagles. They didn't cover. Or yeah, the that Eagles was, did that not was cover. That was a really good game. That was Brady's last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they and go then the year before that, the, Rams. the year before that, Brady had Heineke yeah. in the in the the first round of the playoffs. The division they gave yeah. a game too, or the wild card. Yeah, they, they I mean they almost the won that game. Yeah. So it's those teams tend to be competitive in there, but like you look at. It, it just, in the end, it just almost feels like, again, I know Seattle won that one time, but that was a team that then trended in the right direction moving forward. There's a lot of things you could factor in it. Like, it's just, you get to the point where it feels like a game that's meaningless, right? Yeah. Like, to have a six and, okay, whatever, let's say Tampa's eight and nine. To go up against the Eagles, and let's say the Eagles are a 13 win team. I mean, is that, it's just not good for the NFL. Even forget no. betting; like, it's just not good for the NFL to have a matchup like that in the even even in the wild card round. The other thing about the NFC South is like you look at these four teams, and who do you even feel good about their future? You could say Atlanta because of the talent that they have, but do you trust <laughs> Arthur Smith? I mean, maybe they're a Justin Fields, or maybe they're a Jaden Daniels away from being a real Jayden team with those Daniels weapons. There, you know? man. So yes. But Tampa, like we know, Baker's a bridge quarterback. The Saints. They're in cap hell. They keep, like, pushing that thing down the road. Like, oh, we'll try one more time. Stop. Just blow the thing up. That's what I think they should do. Teams are reluctant to blow things up. And and then then eventually you just kick the can down the road and you suffer longer. You got to rip the Band-Aid off. You got to deal with it. And then you just move forward. Jonathan Zaslow going to join us next from Miami. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.